I have so much respect, uh, you know, not only for the organization, but the community and the city of Raleigh. And I, I know that the fan base goes outside of Raleigh, too. But I, I'm proud to have been a Hurricane for as long as I have been. And um, certainly it wouldn't be possible without the support and, uh, you know, love from, from everybody within. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was Cam Ward on one of his many visits here on our statewide program. If you're just joining us, the Stanley Cup winning goaltender from 2006, remember, that was his rookie year in the NHL. There are some easy-to-forget aspects of his amazing story. He re-signed, that's in air quotes, with the Carolina Hurricanes early today so that he could retire as a member of the Carolina Hurricanes. Remember, he was with the Chicago Blackhawks this past season. That is the only year as a professional that he spent outside the Carolina Hurricanes organization, first in the minors, of course, as that first-round draft pick way back in 2002, 25th overall, the promising young netminder Cam Ward. He did re-sign in air quotes. He calls North Carolina home. He had an okay season with the Blackhawks. Heck, he had some okay seasons later in his time with the Hurricanes, but he will be remembered forever and fondly as an all-around good guy and also as that playoffs MVP in 2006 as the Carolina Hurricanes brought the Stanley Cup to North Carolina soil. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. The easy-to-forget aspect as we welcome your calls on all of the headlines of the day, Panthers and other NFL cuts as all teams play their fourth and final preseason game tomorrow night. College football is underway and really ramps up tomorrow through Monday night. Five straight days of gridiron action all the way through Labor Day evening with the ACC and the state of North Carolina having a lot of compelling matchups. 1-800-849-2761. College football fans, what are you looking forward to most here in week one? Panthers fans, what will you be watching most as the Panthers go from their current 90 players or in that neighborhood down to 53 plus the practice squad? First-round pick, Vernon Butler of 2016, the most disappointing first-round pick in modern Panthers history. Like, I'm not sure he deserves a roster spot. And given that he is surrounded by successful, I mean among the greatest players in franchise history successful, first-rounder Cam Newton in 2011, first-rounder Luke Kuechly in 2012, first-rounder Christian McCaffrey at running back more recently – when you've never gotten to the point of even starting and on cut day they're debating whether they really want you or need you or not, you have not come far enough since being the Panthers' first rounder in 2016. To their credit, the Panthers have gotten the first round picks right like 90% of the time. They're not all home runs, but there are very, very few laid eggs under multiple general managers. Vernon Butler, 2016 first rounder. I I wouldn't know him if he walked past me on the street. Like, have you ever seen him make a single play in three-plus years as a member of the Carolina Panthers? I honestly have not. He's been on the field in a backup role, but I can't think of a single positive, memorable thing that Vernon Butler has done in his time in a Panthers uniform. Remember, they had the chance to extend his contract. That's the ultimate litmus test. If you're a high pick, you entered that contract year. And if they like you enough, Shaq Thompson, you know, Cam Newton, Luke Kuechly, et cetera, you get that extension after a certain number of years. Huge fork in the road for all of these pros. It is not mere coincidence that the Panthers declined to extend Vernon Butler. Again, he's projected by most to make the roster. 
And that is in part, I think, because franchises do not like to give up on first-round picks. But here's what it looks like at his position, folks, as we come to your calls, college football, NFL, Cam Ward, the retiring hurricane, and a little bit on a lot of other things, U.S. Open, Major League Baseball, indoor rain delays, and other things, 1-800-849-2761. Panthers are going to the 3-4 defense, okay? That means you really don't need as many fire hydrant-looking guys, right? So Don Terry Poe is a fire hydrant-shaped human being, okay? You're thick. You're not as athletic. You're not as versatile left to right, et cetera. You're supposed to stop the momentum in the trenches. You're just a supersized human being. So they have Don Terry Poe, who fits that description. Kyle Love is a veteran who kind of fits that description as well. With Ron Rivera going to this 3-4 hybrid thing, you also like supersized human beings who are versatile to go inside or outside. I mean, one of the reasons Gerald McCoy, I think, was one of the great acquisitions in the entire offseason for any NFL team is that he can play either the inside or on the outside. He's that athletic. So you go 3-4, McCoy can be outside. K.K. Short is similar to that description. They're like hybrid tackle end type dudes. And then you have the true ends, like the Florida State first rounder, Brian Burns. You're, you kind of look like a linebacker. You'd kind of be small as a defensive end. Doesn't matter in the 3-4. We want you to get to the passer. And now Brian Burns has four sacks in three preseason games. As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761, you got the two fire hydrants in Poe and Love. You got the two amazing hybrids in K.K. Short and Gerald McCoy. You have Mario Addison as an end. You have Brian Burns as an end. We'll see if F.A. Obata, remember one of the first products of the NFL's international program, a guy who was abandoned in the city of London as a child and, you know, connected to a human trafficking ring. It was crazy, his story. I'm rooting for him. How many linemen do you even keep? I just named one, two, three, four, five, six that I'm sure the Panthers will keep. Again, if you consider Burns and Addison sort of linemen, their hybrid ends, line, outside linebackers, et cetera. I guess they're going to keep them because there are only so many supersized bodies to go around. But he's at best the fifth supersized body behind Poe and Love, the fire hydrants, and McCoy and Short, pro bowler caliber tackle slash end dudes I like Ron Rivera's depth chart defensively especially I don't know if Vernon Butler has earned a spot this year but he probably will make the cut to 53 at least that's what I'm seeing in most projections I can't see a reason to keep him uh, but Ron Rivera of course has the final call there what are you watching most as the Panthers go from 90 to 53 and college football fans what are you looking forward to most here in week one doc is in raleigh and has duke alabama on his mind gary's in wilson and has wake forest utah state on his mind others ecu's visit to nc state or unc's matchup with south carolina in charlotte as we go to doc and raleigh keep this in mind as you watch matt mckay first time starter at nc state as you watch quentin harris fifth year senior at duke yeah, he started a game or two, but he's basically new to the full-time role. As you watch true freshman Sam Howell getting the Mac Brown Part 2 tenure underway, keep in mind both that most first-year starting QBs at the major college level are not great. And occasionally, there's a Philip Rivers-type story that unfolds.
right? Philip Rivers was a true freshman under Chuck Amato and was not only, in the end, one of the greatest quarterbacks in ACC history, he was great as a true freshman. Now, he came from Alabama, where high school football is great. He played for his dad, who's a high school coach, and so was advanced IQ-wise from the quarterback position. But Alabama, the Crimson Tide, thought Phillip Rivers coming out of high school would better served was better served as a tight end. I think NC State got that one right. Yeah, I think he can play quarterback. That first-year starter, even as a true freshman, is one of the greatest true freshman success stories in ACC history. Not all of those guys I mentioned are freshmen, obviously. Sam Howell, true freshman. Tar Heels have never had a QB in the season opener start as a true freshman until Sam Howell. But the guy also set all sorts of high school passing records here in North Carolina. What will Matt McCoy, be, Matt McKay be? What will Quentin Harris be? What will Sam Howell be? We know other proven commodities, Zach Thomas at App State. We know what both Jamie Newman and Sam Hartman are like at Wake Forest. We have gotten a glimpse of Holton Aylers at ECU. Uh, one reason to be excited about the Pirate season, even if their opener at State is difficult. There's a lot of fun storylines playing out there. And remember the Cam Ward story? He was a rookie goalie when he won the Stanley Cup. You want to talk about another winnable bar bet? Martin Gerber was the starting goalie for Carolina Hurricanes to start the 05-06 season that ended with Cam Ward, rookie, no name, as the MVP. Not a no-name to Kaniacs, but a no-name in terms of he hadn't accomplished anything at the NHL level. He didn't even have a great regular season, by the way. As Cam Ward officially retires today as a member of the Carolina Hurricanes after kind of having a ceremonial signing earlier today, keep in mind that his regular season goals against was 3.68. That is bad. He had only started 28 games out of 80-plus. That's because Martin Gerber was the starter. They were even rotating at the beginning of the playoffs. You want to talk about a new guy that worked out well through some struggles. There is no happier ending in hockey than raising the Stanley Cup, and Cam Ward was that playoffs MVP in 2006. Doc, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Thanks for hanging in there. What's on your mind with college football back starting tomorrow? My pleasure, DG. Uh, we've talked before about Duke. My biggest concern with them are they going to be able to to adapt during ball games? And by that I mean the last two years against Pittsburgh. You know how many ninety plus runs did we give up mm. last year against Carolina? They're down to their four string quarterback and they run for what three hundred yards. Can't you change it up and put more people at the line and and force them into their weakness and just. You know, I know Duke has won more than they probably should have, but they just seem to keep repeating the same mistakes. Yeah, I don't think their personnel has been great defensively most of the time. You know, Duke has academic restrictions that a lot of others don't have. I know they don't use it as an excuse, but that is the reality of the situation. And I know this is not what you want to hear going into this season, but Duke's best defensive player, Mark Gilbert, cornerback, NFL prospect, went through a second hip surgery earlier this year. So it's going to be a second season where, I, I, I mean, he's not playing against Alabama, obviously. I don't know his longer-term outlook. But you take good but not elite talent on defense, and you take out your best defender. They had other quality players graduate, right? Joe Giles Harris is in an NFL training camp right now. And another quality defensive guy, Kobe Kwanzaa, 
at linebacker just broke his thumb. And although he might play against Alabama, apparently with some kind of club on his hand, uh, some kind of cast. So I don't, you know, who's your best defensive player at Duke? Who's healthy? Victor Demukeji is a defensive end and a pretty good one. Uh, maybe Dylan Singleton is a good safety. I, I don't see like other all ACC candidates. And whenever I can say that out loud, it's harder to point the finger at a coaching staff for something that's not going right. Darren and I were at the Duke Carolina game. And last Carolina has a complicated offensive line situation this year. Charlie Heck is amazing at left tackle, but maybe they're not sure about some other guys. Last year, Carolina had, despite a bad team and a bad season, they could block you up a little bit. Their biggest problem was at quarterback. I mean, they had some pretty good wide receivers, some good running backs. If you're bad at the, at the most important position on the field, it is an uphill battle. But in the trenches, they actually pushed Duke around a little bit. Like, you know, what's the X and O answer to when in the trenches you're just outmanned? I mean, I don't think there is one. I've, I've been the baseball coach or the soccer coach on the wrong side of the talent equation. And I'm looking at the bench and I'm looking, you know, picking my brain, you know, what's the comeback? Um, you know, Duke has had some good defensive coordinators over the years, but uh, at some point you need better personnel. And I think Duke has uh, – they're optimistic about their personnel on defense. Coach Cut underlined that throughout the month of August. I don't see as much as Coach Cut says he sees. And that's why, you know, I'm talking more about Wake Forest and NC State and App State than I am either the Tar Heels or the Blue Devils because I'm just not sure Duke or Carolina, by ACC standards, I think they're both below average football teams this year. Now, if you get the six wins, that's okay. If you do better than that, I will say that I was wrong and I'm pleasantly surprised. But I would discourage Duke or Carolina football fans this year from expecting something great. A bowl should be the goal, definitely in Chapel Hill. The bar has been raised a little higher at Duke lately because they've been to six bowls in the last seven years. But Daniel Jones is off to the next level. So are some other really good players. Um, I look at talent before I get to coach coaching there and that's just my bottom line appreciate the call doc more of your calls on the other side 1-800-849-2761 jordan rodrigue is our nfl and panthers guest from the athletic carolina preseason game number four tomorrow night for everybody steelers at panthers included and the cut from 90 to 53 will be interesting and in some cases difficult also remember that ron rivera will have his eyes at some positions on other teams cuts on Saturday afternoon as he seeks to upgrade the Panthers' depth chart with some other people's leftovers. Meanwhile, in college football scheduling, as in life, there are cheap dates and expensive dates. Did you know that college football teams get essentially appearance fees, sometimes millions of dollars, to play at these neutral site games? I think most fans understand that equation. But even when it's just a true visit to another college campus, sometimes the visitor, usually a lesser opponent from a little bit down the food chain, gets a seven-figure payday that is designed to give the visitor a gridiron-style beating while giving that same visitor a chance to balance the athletic department budget. More on that story. Interesting article today at usatoday.com. 
with more of your phone calls. Cam Ward, college football, ramping up the NFL preseason coming to an end. The launch of the ACC Network. Yes, the football games are almost here, starting with Clemson, Georgia Tech tomorrow night and continuing through the weekend. ECU, NC State among the Saturday matchups that will be on that new channel. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us next on The David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Jordan Rodrigue of The Athletic. A little bit later this hour on all things NFL and Panthers. We do have lines open for the first time in a long time. If you'd like to chime in on the Cam Ward NHL headline of the day. Signed with the Canes. That's an air quote just so he could retire as a Cane at the age of 35 after one year with the Chicago Blackhawks. The NFL preseason is almost over. NFL cut day is Saturday. And college football season is really ramping up what are you looking forward to most here in week one as ecu visits nc state carolina plays south carolina in charlotte three different acc versus acc matchups are in play florida state and wake forest are taking on two of the best teams from the mountain west conference scott satterfield at louisville gets to host notre dame on national tv monday night in prime time on espn your questions and comments are all welcome on those topics and the other headlines of the day at 1-800-849-2761 you'll like this one darren i think i'll leave out the name of the university unless you think it's a good idea dg glad i have your email address handy my buddies and I often have your show on in the background at a community room at the end of our dorm hallway. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like it's outside your dorm room, Darren. Yeah, some sort a of common area within common area. a dorm, yeah. We want to know if Peyton is high, dot, 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 <laughs> when he tells us that you talked about the planet Venus movie trailers. <laughs> And the biggest air forces in the world on your show earlier today. Other guys must have had class during that time. Peyton apparently has class. He listens to the David Glenn show. <laughs> he was not in class, hence he heard us earlier. Just to clear it up, I mean, Peyton may or may not be high, to be clear. <laughs> I, can't really, I can't really answer that question. However, it is not evidence of him being high that he made those references because on today's program, we did discuss – there was a rain delay in a Major League Baseball stadium last night that has a roof. We discussed that. And while getting into some of those goofy details, the retractable roof didn't close quickly enough to prevent the downpour from spoiling the field long enough for there to be a rain delay. It wasn't a rain out. But it happened. The Brewers were hosting a game. The roof didn't close quickly enough. The umpires called a delay. They made it back out there. They finished the game. But that did lead to, among other things, the facts, and that's what they are, Darren, that the planet Venus has a day that is longer than its year. You got to do some research, guys. Slow axis rotation means longer days. Quicker trip around the sun means shorter years. Hard to explain, and I'm not going to go back into the details, but no, Peyton was not high in relating that information movie trailers come before the movie 
But decades ago, they always came after the movie. That's why they're called trailers, not leaders. Again, Peyton may or may not be high. <laughs> he is. I'm impressed by his ability to transmit an earlier portion of today's program. And, yes, the second largest air force in the world is the United States Navy. U.S. Air Force number one, the U.S. Navy, in conjunction with the Marine Corps, is number two on that list, above of you know Russia, China, Japan, France, South Korea, India, and all the others who might make that top ten. A lot of winnable bar bets in there as we answer college kids mid-afternoon. Shouldn't they be in class? Questions of the day. Peyton, thank you for listening and for properly transmitting some real pearls of wisdom from earlier in today's program. 1-800-849-2761. Jordan Rodriguez on the NFL shortly. One thing I promised. In college football scheduling, Darren, there are cheap dates and there are expensive dates, as in life. You know my wife, the lovely and talented Maria. I won't put you on the spot here and ask you if she would be <laughs> I was going to say, more, more frequently. Maria and I have good rapport. I would do. rather you I not. I mean, it is a mutual love fest <laughs> when Darren and Maria get together. In fact, there are many days that my wife likes you more than she likes me. And I think I'm just being real with you. That's how <laughs> it goes in marriage sometimes. I think she saves the love for me most of the time, but she likes you more some days. That's just 20 plus years. There's, there's just going to be a roller coaster <laughs> involved at times. I have no problem sharing that candidly. Some of the numbers for college football scheduling cheap dates and expensive dates. Do you run into this on the dating scene? Now, in all honesty, one of my favorite things about Maria to this day, as a New Yorker who has some very expensive tastes, she can easily be the cheap date, whereas she has an inclination to be the expensive date. She loves fancy restaurants. She loves high-end food and wine and, in her case, spirits. She just had a great experience at Sullivan Steakhouse, one of our sponsors, the Raleigh location, and raved about being treated like British royalty beyond the food and drink and spirits that she and her business colleague were enjoying there. She wouldn't that be the dream woman? Somebody who, who's that versatile? For sure. Right? For sure. Of course. I mean, that's marriage material right there, no? <laughs> I would think so. I would hope you would think so. In college football scheduling <laughs> purposes, in that context, you're usually one or the other. You're usually the expensive date or the cheap date. And here's how it boils down. If it's a neutral site game, Alabama against Duke in Atlanta this Saturday. How hard is it for me to pull you away from just having a home game at your stadium? If you're the AD at Alabama, Darren, or you're the AD at Duke, you have a number in the back of your head. And I believe Alabama puts a multiple number of fans compared to what Duke puts into Wallace Wade on a weekly basis at home games. That's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison. So we don't have the exact number for Duke because it's a private university. They don't have to report this. But the people who put together this game in Atlanta are paying Alabama $4.5 million to be there. That's an expensive date. Duke is getting far less than that. Again, I don't know the number, but it's they're a cheaper date, right? They just are. They're not as hard to lure away from a typical traditional home game because they don't make nearly as much money at their traditional typical home game. So Alabama, four and a half million. South Carolina and North Carolina, you would call them what, middleweights? Yeah. If Alabama is a heavy, heavyweight and Duke, all due respect, lighter weight in football, 
$2 million each for the Gamecocks and the Tar Heels to play in Charlotte. Again, a neutral site. That means a third party is throwing the game. So you got to attract both teams there. That's one type of appearance fee. Four and a half million for Alabama, two million each for the Gamecocks and the Tar Heels. When Oregon and Al Oregon and Auburn play each other in the only top twenty-five versus top twenty-five matchup of this entire weekend, they're getting three and a half million dollars each to play on that neutral field. Okay? So again, the math, you can kind of figure out who gets more, who's the cheap who's the cheaper date, who's the more expensive date. The more typical appearance fee is simply the big fella inviting the little fella to campus. To take a beating is the goal. Occasionally, the little fella takes the big fat paycheck and then wins the game. I wonder if that'll happen in our backyard this year. But for example, would you believe Wake is paying Utah State almost half a million dollars for this visit on Friday night? That's a more expensive date than I would have guessed. Huh? Although it you know, the longer travel costs probably factor in. $475,000 Utah State is getting paid by Wake to just be there, and they're like a dangerous opponent from the Mountain West Conference. NC State, ECU's a cheap date. I love you, ECU. Uh, we're, the Glenn family's a part of Pirate Nation. $200,000 the Pirates are getting to be the visitors at Carter-Finley on Saturday as we're there with the big tailgate tour. Mike Mitzer, our friends at Campbell, they're playing Troy this weekend. They get three hundred grand to go on the road. The Fighting Camels headed to Troy, Alabama to take on that FBS program as an FCS program. Uh, App State is paying East Tennessee State two hundred and fifty grand to probably take a beating at Kid Brewer Stadium. That'd be a cheaper date, right? When Western Carolina goes to NC State later this year, four hundred grand. When North Carolina A and T goes to Duke this year. How's this for balancing the athletic department budget? $375,000 for the Aggies to visit Duke, and that's a dangerous FCS opponent for the Blue Devils. The bigger the home team and the more prominent the visitor, the more the dollars go up. Are you ready for this? Michigan is hosting Middle Tennessee in week one. Now, those neutral site games, Darren, I gave you a lot of seven-figure numbers there. Four and a half million for Alabama, two million each for South Carolina and North Carolina, three and a half million each for Oregon and Auburn. Most of these true visitors against the bigger program home team, it's six figures, right? Almost all those examples that I gave you, sometimes mid six figures, sometimes low six figures. Michigan is giving Middle Tennessee how much money to take a visit to the big house? How about $1.6 million? almost as much as the heels and the Gamecocks are getting to show up at a neutral site they should know better and when the Charlotte 49ers visit Clemson's version of Death Valley later this year how about a million for new coach Will Healy <laughs> some seed money to try to you know build that program they need the money right a million dollars to take your beating from Dabo and those Clemson Tigers when Alabama hosts Southern Miss this regular season Southern Miss now that's a mid-level FCS program, right? Or FBS, excuse me. $1.85 million the Crimson Tide is paying Southern Miss to take that beating. It helps the little guy balance the athletic department budget. It helps the big guy get, you know, a required for bowl eligibility, in some cases, sort of win. 
A lot of these numbers are surprising. Check out a really good article today at usatoday.com, digging in to even more of these details. 1-800-849-2761. On the Panthers and the National Football League, an outstanding writer for The Athletic Carolina, a website to which I also am a contributor, Jordan Rodrigue on all things NFL, next on The David Glenn Show. The David Glenn Show, where the great guests have so much fun, they never want to leave. I'll come give you a pep talk before your next show if you need me to. We could use that from you, Webb Simpson, anytime. Hey, I'll be your intern after this, this if anything open, man. We'll take Joe Harris as an intern every day <laughs> and twice on Sunday. Listen weekdays to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Darren, for the record... When Jordan Rodriguez of The Athletic has been a guest longer here on our program, and maybe I just meet her personally and get to know her a little bit, then I'll ask her a version of the college football scheduling debate that we were just having. Some college football teams are expensive dates. Some other college football teams are cheap dates. There are appearance fees flying all over college football this weekend. I know you and Jordan know each other. At some point, we will ask her for expertise on those dating-style issues. For now, she is just the ultimate professional on all things NFL and Panthers-related. Find her work at theathletic.com and the sub-site where I also am a contributor, The Athletic Carolina. Aren't you relieved to be off that hook, Jordan, as we welcome you back to the David Glenn Show? How are you? I'm good. I was holding my breath a yeah. little bit, wondering where that was going. Yeah, I wouldn't torture you that way. I don't know you well enough to do that just yet. So let's dive into the football. The day is coming, Jordan. The day will come, but not yet. So to your expertise on the NFL and the Panthers, besides no major injuries, please, what are the Carolina Panthers' most important goals tomorrow night as they and everybody else in the NFL play their uh, preseason finale? Yeah, so that's going to be a really important game in terms of determining who uh, they're going to ultimately keep on the 53 at backup running back. Um, that's probably the tightest competition on the roster right now in a good way. Now, in a bad, or in a bad way or in a worse way, uh, my grammar is excellent, as you can see, um, in a worse way, um, <laughs> the, the competition that is also very close but um, not in a great way is that backup quarterback where neither um, Will Greer or Kyle Allen have asserted himself um, as, as the, the head go-to backup quarterback to Cam Newton. So that's going to be something that's important as well. Um, I also am looking to see if Graham Gano gets any action out there. Obviously no starters will play tomorrow night, but um, in Graham Gano's case, yeah. he might, uh, they might want to see him get out there and kick one or two field goals, maybe a kickoff, because he hasn't kicked all camp. There's a couple of kicks he's done um, in practice, but I haven't seen him kick in a while. And they've also put the specialists in the bubble at practice. So even if he was kicking in there, um, it wouldn't be on a long field, first of all. And I, I also don't, I won't, wouldn't be able to tell you. And so um, today is the day where they're going to determine whether Graham Gano will be able to kick. Uh, Joey Sly has been doing really well for them, 6-6 six six in the preseason, um, 55 yards long, has definitely had some interest from other teams yeah. looking for kickers, including Chicago. But this is really, really important because they now will have to make uh, a decision that might be a medical decision as well. 
Jordan Rodriguez joining us. Find her work at The Athletic Carolina. Follow her on Twitter at Jordan Rodriguez. It's only been a relatively short time that the NFL rules allow for this insanely large cut day coming on Saturday uh, where they go all the way from 90 in some cases to 53 plus the practice squad. At what positions do you believe that Ron Rivera will actually be looking at, uh, you know, Marty Herney will be looking at other teams' cuts for possibly some very, very close to the regular season additions to the Panthers roster? Yeah, it's a good question because all every GM in the league and his staff and pro personnel guys, they're all making calls on other teams right now, kind of gauging what's going to happen when this massive wave of cuts happens this weekend. Um, and, and I think where the Panthers might want to shore up a little depth is, is maybe perhaps inside linebacker. Um, I think that they're looking to see what teams might would be interested in perhaps making trades. I think that they have in excess of really solid running backs on their roster right now. And I think that teams might be amenable to trading for one of those guys. Um, and I think they're, they're really trying to crunch their own numbers because I think outside corner cornerback is where they might need a little bit of depth. Kevon Seymour, um, he had a hamstring issue coming about midway through camp. He started camp out really, really well. So their decision as well. Do, did we like what we saw enough from Kevon at the beginning of camp? Um, to, to keep him, despite the fact that he's been coming back from a hamstring, um, was injured the entire year last year. Otherwise, um, you really need to maybe have a little bit of depth at outside corner, and I think that would be something that they would they really look at um, for, from other teams. Um, and otherwise, they're always trying to shore up um, the offensive line, yeah. trying to get good depth there. Um, and, and I think, honestly, I think a little bit on the interior uh, defensive line as well. I think that they, they want to have a good rotation. And if there's a guy who's available who, who could be out there as a great solid depth player or just in case guy, uh, I think that that's, that's a guy they definitely take a flyer on. Were you on the Indianapolis Colts beat instead of the Panthers? Your head would have been spinning for the last several days as we asked you to, you know, explain what the Ursay family knew and what should have been communicated and what secondary factor led to Andrew Luck's shocking retirement over the weekend. Uh, you're welcome to chime in on that if you have any uh, interesting observations. But uh, you are on the Cam Newton Panthers beat. He hurt his left foot. Ron Rivera is telling everybody there's nothing to worry about. He's 100% sure that Cam will be ready for that Rams game in the regular season opener. What have you seen as Cam's on the side, you know, working with trainers while his teammates are practicing for the Steelers game tomorrow night? Yeah, so he's been doing a lot of Rams install, um, and a couple of sources within the organization have told me that that Rams install is going really well with him. Um, Ron Rivera came out and said, that at one point Cam was, uh, you know, earlier this week, Cam was throwing um, but not doing any drop-back work. Obviously, he will be doing drop-back work kind of as the days progress, and, and I would be very surprised if he hadn't taken any drop-backs um, even as, as early as yesterday. And and the boot is off, and he's kind of going through his regular warm-ups. And, and Ron Rivera kind of um, had a, like a little bit of a sarcastic laugh because Everyone obviously was very concerned about the left midfoot sprain, uh, which turned out to be a lot less serious than they were than they were fearing, and what I think everybody was fearing, um, because Ron came out and was like, "Guys, well, his shoulder's fine, like <laughs> his shoulder's good," and that was obviously what everybody um, was really concerned about since about January. Um, so I think that that is is a great sign on both counts. 
they definitely dodged a bullet. I kind of call um, what happened with Kim as a freak thing. I kind of call it the the welcome to 30 moment because um, it just was a freak thing um, as he was kind of scrambling around a little bit. You don't obviously want him to be scrambling around that much um, in the preseason, but it, it just is kind of a freak thing, and they dodged a little bit of a bullet there. One more thing on first-round draft picks with you. Uh, the Panthers' history is overwhelmingly positive when it comes to getting first-round picks right. And even if you just look at the current Panthers who were first-rounders by the Panthers, as you know, you know Cam Newton and Luke Keekley and Shaq Thompson and Christian McCaffrey and even the guys the last couple of years, DJ Moore and Brian Burns, are off to good starts. There's a Sesame Street song, one of these things is not like the other, I remember from childhood. <laughs> And Vernon, <laughs> Vernon Butler, feel free to use that without attribution. But that's our thank you to your visit today. Uh, Vernon Butler, first round. I mean, I know he was 31st overall. But, man, I'm not sure if he can even justify a 53-man roster slot, even if most are projecting him to get one. What do you make of that story now that he's had three-plus years to prove himself and the Panthers have already bypassed an opportunity to extend his deal? Well, I think – one of the things that can be used to kind of describe Vernon Butler's time so far with the Panthers is quiet. Um, it definitely was a, a wake up call, I think for him and for his camp to um, for them to not pick up that fifth year option. That's also very telling. Um, obviously that was a, a Dave Gettleman pick. Yeah. And I, I think back to it a little bit. And I, I think about this a lot. Um, nobody's ever going to come out and admit this, but this is kind of my, my impression of what happened. Um, Dave Gettleman, everybody in the league, that incredibly embarrassing and messy exit of Josh Norman that, that, the, that you know, Dave Gettleman kind of botched, um, that was something that everybody knew so well and knew that there were not really a lot of depth corners on the roster currently. So Dave was going to come in shopping hungry for corners. And he's even come out and admitted, you know, he had to shop hungry for corners in that 2016 draft. Well, to me, uh, uh, p picking a defensive tackle with your first round pick instead is saying something like, no, I don't, I don't need corners that bad. I'm, I'm fine with waiting and trying to kind of throw that smoke screen out a little bit on that first night. Um, and maybe, maybe leverage a little bit in other ways. And to me, that's what that pick felt like back then. And when you kind of see the development here, it's not for lack of, of great coaching and it's not for lack of great development people inside the organization you've seen that defensive line um, and the defensive end you've seen really prolific players emerge um, Mario Addison is an example I really like to use in terms of a guy who you know started from the bottom and worked his way up over the years within that organization developmentally and so I think that that with Vernon I think part of it was maybe fit and part of it is um, he hasn't really been a go-to rotational guy um, and so, you know, you don't, when you don't get a lot of opportunities in that way, especially not as a featured player behind a guy like Kwan Short, um, you, you just aren't going to develop at the same rate. So this is obviously a big year for him. Um, I, he's actually one of my bubble guys. I think that he's valuable as depth for them. But I think, again, if there's someone who comes, comes around, who gets cut, maybe needs a, you know, a couple weeks to recover from something or, is a guy that they know and they're familiar with. Um, I, I think that puts the spot in jeopardy, and I think that um, that Vernon Butler, this is just a huge wake up wake up year for him and a, and a very important year as well. 
Real quick, was the luck retirement as surprising a moment as you have experienced as an NFL beat writer? Yes, it was. It was a shock. Um, and, 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 and it was one of those shocks where you're trying to figure out why, why you're so sad about it, and then you realize you're so sad about it because of what you're realizing, how bad it must have been for him to make yep. that decision and, and leave what what Ursay called $500 million on the table. Um, and, and when you, you, you're like, why am I sad? This guy's going to live yeah. a great life with his wife and new baby. Um, and then you realize, oh, I'm sad because I'm realizing just how bad that must have been uh, for him to, to walk away. You're a human being, Jordan, with an answer like that. I mean, you're not going to survive on a place like Twitter. That, that was like, that was a wholesome, thoughtful, filled with perspective and wisdom answer to the Andrew Luck question. Haven't you been paying attention? You're supposed to throw darts when wealthy people walk away from millions that they get paid to play a game that they love and the rest of us are jealous about it. Oh, that was a wonderful piece of wisdom. Can we just hit that redial, Darren? Anytime the luck thing comes up, I want Jordan Rodriguez you know, Confucius-style pearls of wisdom for us to drop on the angry social media mob whenever necessary. Jordan, we love you for answers like that. Thank you, as always, for your time here on the David Glenn Show. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. You got it. Check out her work at The Athletic Carolina. Follow her on Twitter, at Jordan Rodrigue. Uh, Darren, it's up to you to get uh, some feedback on the whole cheap date versus expensive date thing. Uh, during the break, you, you said you were a little bit critical about cheap dates like i said my own wife is a blend of being cool with cheap dates while of course quickly rotating the expensive dates in like aren't aren't you seeking at some point in your young adulthood a blend wouldn't your perfect mate a, a blend is probably I, I, ideal i i think my my phrasing during the end, break white no, 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 no. cloth napkins my every phrasing time. during the break i believe was something along the lines of i hope i hope by this point i do a good job avoiding that end of the the spectrum someone too, too far into into that extreme i get yeah. you man and remember you've chosen the sports media path as a career so god knows for most of, for most of the journey up the ladder too many expensive dinners are completely out of the question we like to eat for free final thoughts and tv picks as we come down the stretch next jerome robinson are you a hugger or a handshake guy H how does it work if adam silver is waiting for you i really don't know i, I hope it's not awkward <laughs> um, you know i hope it's not like a hand to hug to hand kind of thing but i don't know i might just mess around and just hug him no hands i think he's so. a hugger you're listening to the david glenn show we are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the Darren, I probably should have said this to begin the show, but for the record, today's program was not secretly sponsored by shady Russian oligarchs to whom Darren and I, of course, have absolutely no allegiance. We are not compromised in any way, and there is no national security risk at the hands of a foreign adversary. None of those things apply to today's edition of the David Glenn Show. Thanks to Roddy Jones, Ian Eagle, and Jordan Rodriguez for dropping by. TV picks led by U.S. Open on ESPN in primetime. Major League Baseball options left and right. And did you know the ACC Network 
has two top 25 versus top 25 women's soccer matchups, one involving Duke, one Wake. Dave Dorn and David Cutcliffe among our guests tomorrow. Hope you're with us. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.